Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for saying thanks to me. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today on the podcast. We're in the personal care space or health and beauty space, whichever you want to think, way you want to think about it. Founder and CEO of Canvi is on Sherelle Sampson. You guys are going to love Sherelle and her business, and it's booming, like taking off not only online, but in retail. Sherelle, it is so great having you on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Justin. It's been a pleasure just learning about your audience. So I'm excited to dive in and speak with you in depth about our brand. I can't wait. I was looking forward to talking with you. Uh, Sherelle is also from Tampa. And I went to yeah. high school. They were just talking about, <laughs> man, I love Tampa. The weather's like almost always amazing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of thunderstorms in the summer. But um, it's such a great place, <laughs> right? Absolutely, um, absolutely. It's, it's an awesome place. And so we were having fun catching up on, on that before we hit record today. But I'm um, really excited for all of you to be introduced to her and the brand and her story. Uh, I think you're really going to get a lot out of today. So um, before we jump into your products and whatnot, how about share a little bit of your backstory, a little bit about you before launching the company? Sure, absolutely. So again, I am Sherelle Sampson. I am the founder and CEO of Candy. uh, And we're based in Tampa, Florida, as Justin shared. And so just a little bit about me. I actually have 15 plus years uh, corporate marketing experience. And from there, that's really where I got my bug to be in the CPG space. But personally, I'm actually originally from Nassau, Bahamas. So I love all things from the ocean. I love all things on the beach. I love. Me too. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I do. So, um, in terms of my native background, I love seafood. That's kind of my thing. Um, but as it relates to candy, really, um, the genesis of me developing Canvi came from my background, right? And so honestly, one day I was working for a software company. I was a head of marketing there. And the owner of that company came to me, Justin. He said, um, I just acquired a personal care brand. Do you want to run it? And so I'm like, software, beauty, like, of course I do, right? Of course, um, why not? He, yeah. Why not? But what he didn't tell me, Justin, was the fact that it was acquired out of bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, yes. We forgot to tell you that part. <laughs> yeah. How does that happen? Uh, so oh many, my gosh. Any and everything had to be redone, restructured from packaging, labeling, retail infrastructure, uh, sourcing suppliers from Germany, Japan. I mean, it was so much work. It was over 250 SKUs. But when I tell wow. you I loved it, I loved it. <laughs> I it was crazy. That. It was chaotic, but I love it. And so I loved it. And so, you know, you often hear most entrepreneurs say, oh my God, I hated my job and I want to do something different, but it was totally different for me. I loved it. And so I said, you know, do I go work for a multinational company, Boreales or Estelados of the world? Do I build something myself? And I said, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. And that's how Canby was born. I love it. Um, so cool. And what a cool story. Yeah, we're in the personal um, hygiene space today. I, I would almost liken it to health and beauty, but I know it's not exactly like you're saying, like if you segment the market um, and thinking about, okay, so you pick up this brand, I'm going to go run this. It'd be so fun. I get to be in charge of my own thing, right? I mean, I would be so excited about that. And then you get there and you said 250 products. I mean, wow. So like, where did you start? Like, what did that look like? Because it's interesting with you, you're an entrepreneur. And you were handed something and had to like 
you know, assess, change, evolve, and now kind of launch new? Like, where did you begin? Yes, all of the above. And so we, we started at, okay, all right, so we have 250 SKUs. The question is, which items do we want to sunset? Which are the best sellers? Which do we need to improve? And then ultimately, how are we going to brand this to really make the brand sexy and come alive again? And so upon deciding upon what do we keep, what do we sunset, then decided, all right, what is the brand look, feel, and personality that we want it to have, right? Um, and, and so that was just one project. But then what's special and unique about this brand is that it actually had two retail stores uh, that's actually based in Key West, Florida. Wow, and so we had cool. to think about the retail infrastructure, right? So if we brand every all of the products, we have to brand the store, rebrand the stores. Uh, and so thinking about that, what does signage look like? What's, what does merchandising look like? And then of course, upon looking at all of those SKUs, you have reformulation needs, right? So which of those we need to reformulate, we need to improve, what ingredients we need to keep. Uh, you know, back then that was what, uh, five, probably eight years ago, um, they, they had parabens and parabens is a big no-no today, right? So we had to remove all of the parabens from the ingredients. So it was just, it was all, it was a lot of work. And, and then not something that people talk about is ERP infrastructure, right? How are you going to have, what inventory system are you going to have to support this, right? And so literally, how what do we label it? What are the UPC numbers? Um, wow. How do All we make sure it's consistent in categories? So it was a master class. I mean, any and everything. So it was amazing. So a couple of things there. Did you have a team or was it just you? What did the early days look like people-wise? Yeah, so uh, it was just myself and the owner hired a CEO. Uh, and so it was just us two doing all of this work. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so that's perfect. That's what I thought. I, I should um, say in the corporate office, there were employees in the stores and in QS. <laughs> sure. And then how did you... It's, it's just funny. Um, so you got all these SKUs. And did you, did you know much about product then? In other words, coming into it, did you have some experience in like packaging or knowing barcodes or labeling all that? Or was it strictly marketing in your background? Yeah, great question. No, I didn't actually. And so I, it took a lot of time to do deep dives into ingredients, to learn the difference that, you know, graphic design is different from packaging design, right? And wanting to totally. really know uh, exactly what you're doing. And when you hand that off to that packaging designer, having them to build files the right way. So of course it can be print ready, right? So no, there were a lot of aspects of the business I had to learn. Um, and I had to, you know, do research through the process. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. You can check all, all the products at canvi.com. C-A-N-V-I-I-Y. Um, talk about, you, you said you looked at SKUs, you looked at, you know, I'd say low performers, or maybe those that weren't turning, or maybe there's a high cost for making them. Like, sure. how did you do a segmentation? Yeah. So the segmentation analysis, I think we started out by looking at sale dollars, right? Which are, what's the revenue attribution for each of the SKUs? And then looking at what is the affinity, right? So for customers. So the the brand actually had been uh, around for 50 plus years. And so wow. even though it wasn't a uh, top seller, there's a huge affinity, uh, let's say among men for a shave cream, right? And so we should probably keep that because they're constantly looking for that. Um, and it's something that they desire when they're buying whatever for their wives. Um, and so there, there was 
you know, we had to look at lots of different segmentation attributes, but ultimately with top sellers, brand affinity, um, and ultimately SKUs that we needed to enhance to your point, maybe change out ingredients, um, and then ultimately categorize them as such, like kind of like new, you know, new heroes. Sure. No, that's, that's great. And then, you know, when you got into thinking about manufacturing or supply chain and sourcing, did you, how did you, did I guess, again, you're, you're having to figure that out on the fly, right? For the, for the products that you decided to keep, how did you sort through that? So I think the most important lesson to share with that is I learned a lot about uh, a formula ownership. <laughs> okay. Right? That's actually good. So talk about that. Like, yes, what does that absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So going through that process and saying, Hey guys, we want to tweak X, Y, and Z. The, the, some are, what we learned is our manufacturers owned half of the formulas and the other we, we owned. And so now oh, it started that debate on, wait, that's really our formula from the manufacturer. Like you don't even Got own it. that. So you don't have the right to change any of it. And then I realized the importance of formula ownership and what that really means in the intellectual property, right? That you must have in order to make key decisions in your brand. Uh, and, Got it. And I really took that on into Canvi, you know, in all of our formulations that we own. Um, and that was really important because that was a key lesson. In regarding to sourcing, so some manufacturers, um, we continued business, some we discontinued, and we just had to figure out in terms of pricing, in terms of uh, the size of, of the fluid or volume, which we wanted to go with, because there were lots of changes across the board. Like, for example, we had some products that were in bottles, we switched them to tubes, um, things of that nature. So there was a lot of changes on the supply chain side. Got it. Now, when you think about um, your customer at the time, was it the two retail stores or also were you selling in other mechanisms? And then we'll get to where you are today in just a moment. Yeah, great question. So uh, particularly in Key West, where the stores were located, um, if you think about that as a tourism area, cruise ships come through Key West, or at least they did years ago. And um, so right. there was <laughs> they used to come through. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They, I mean, it's pandemic now, so no right. one's happening. But, um, and so from those tourists, right, we had a huge percentage of online sales uh, residuals from those visits. And so they were both. So to your point, we had to manage terrestrial and, and digital sales and have to figure out how to do both effectively. Got it. Interesting. So fast forward a bit. Um, talk about your products today. Talk yeah. about your your hero, hero skews. I mean, amazing feedback and reviews mm-hmm. on these products. Uh, why don't you share with our audience what that looks like and what your product set is today? Absolutely. So Canby, in essence, is a premium scalp care brand. Um, and the reason that we started in the category of scalp care is it really came out of direct need from, for myself. So I love to go to the salon and get my hair done. And one day I came home and my scalp was literally on fire. And my husband looks at me, Justin. He said, well, why don't you do something for that? Because I was already thinking about you it. You were right? already, yeah, and right, said, you sure. I said, no, that's, that's kind of lame. I don't think I'm getting into scalp care. Because you, if you think about it, seven years ago, scalp care was the redheaded stepchild of the industry. No one really dealt with it. You either had some petroleum-based grease or you had some oil and they told you to figure it out. Today, it's actually really hot. It is one of the top trending categories in hair care today, which is great for us, right? Because we were before our time. But in, in, in saying that, 
um, initially because of the, the direct need I had, um, I, I, I wanted, I am my own customer. So I'm like, Hey, if, if I am my own customer, I know I, I want, um, a product that isn't greasy, that isn't heavy, that, uh, doesn't contain harsh chemical ingredients and that's extremely long lasting and so that's how our hero skew was born our candy scaleless itch calming serum and um, ultimately again so it's extremely long lasting it can reduce scalp irritation and itchiness for three to four hours no itching sensation whatsoever and so it took us 14 um, to 16 months to develop that formulation we partnered with an organic chemist um, and literally just started hitting the streets, going to trade shows and festivals and literally in little farmers markets, whoever could give us feedback, we were open and ready. And that's wow. literally how the brand uh, kicked off. And then as you got started with, I'll say this renewed uh, set of products, was there a point when you knew it was working or a point where you were getting feedback? It's like, okay, I, you know, this is going to become something now. Yes. So it was interesting when we when we started the brand, we thought we were going to be this cool hit brand that college girls were going to love. And we were so wrong. We were wrong. because <laughs> Why? Yeah, just totally wrong. Be- because one, um, after looking at our data, we realized that our core consumer group was between the ages of 25 and 54, right? Um, we also learned uh, that we had a premium price. So this itch calming serum is, is priced. It retails for $19.99. College kids are broke. They cannot right. afford that. They can't afford $20, <laughs> right? <And then> right. <laughs> the second thing, <laughs> exactly. And then the second thing, uh, or third thing rather, was the fact that our customer base, these professional women, truly care about the ingredients that they are using, right? And so they want to make sure that they're healthy for them, want to make sure that they're uh, you know, beneficial to their bodies. And so upon learning that, we also discovered that um, we started hearing from customers that had suburb dermatitis and eczema and psoriasis. And that was a scenario and, and an insight that we did not anticipate. And so that really changed the trajectory of the business. So while we thought we were in the beauty business, we later learned we was actually in the liberation business, right? Oh, uh, wow. Liberating okay. women and men alike from the frustration of scalp irritation. So in that moment, when we started hearing that, I was like, hmm, we're onto something special. But it wasn't until I was playing was when I was like, okay, this is it. This is the way we have something special. Wow. Interesting. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, and then as you think about how you have gone to market, um, and by the way, I was, I, I pulled up a couple of your products on Amazon, like almost five stars. Like, I'm in, and I, I was looking at your website, then I was on Amazon. It's crazy. Um, it's really <laughs> impressive actually. <laughs> um, Thank you. cause you know how, you know how hard it is to get reviews, but, um, so talk oh, yeah. about route to, route to market. Obviously, e-commerce is a big deal. You're selling direct to consumer on your website. What about retail stores? How do you think about that? Yes, yes. So our brand is really unique. And it's unique because what I wanted us to be is a sustainable brand, a sustainable company. And so for that reason, we actually have a very differentiated business model. And so as you mentioned, yes, we do e-commerce. That's our bread and butter, uh, something that we love and we optimize on on our strategy on a monthly basis. Um, However, we're also in mass and drug retail. And so we have distribution today. Uh, Actually, I'll back up a second for last year. So last year, we were in about 300 retail stores. It's amazing. Congratulations on that. 
This year, in thank, thank you, in 2022, we will actually be in 2,000 doors. Uh, so we will be in CBS. Yeah, we will. We're expanding our distribution in CBS. Uh, we will be in Sally Beauty stores, um, almost a thousand stores. We're currently in JCPenney looking to expand that business. Uh, we are partnering with Walmart. So we're going to launch all of our SKUs on walmart.com this year. And uh, we do some business with, with Harmon Face Values, uh, which is in the It's just been an, an exciting time. And um, that's one of our revenue uh, channels that, that we consistently drive value to. Well, love that. As you, I mean, congratulations. I mean, to keep, to be in that number of locations for those that have listened to our show for a long time, you know, that just because you put product in the store doesn't mean it sells out the other side. Oh, you're yeah. not going to pick up, you're not going to pick up more stores unless you're selling. And obviously you are. And I mean, it's obvious with the reviews. Have you had to like manage inventory and supply chain differently? Have you tried to figure that out? Because again, it's it's one thing to have two stores in Key West. No problem. I'll, I'll, I'll ship you the, the product versus right. a thousand in Sally Beauty stores or whatnot. I mean, how, how have you figured that out and managed that? Yeah. So again, my experience in that masterclass has really proved effective for me throughout the years. And I say that because it's helped me avoid coming sort of those new entrepreneur mistakes, right? And so as we gear up, one, I partnered with suppliers that I knew could, could scale as we scale, right? And so for example, our manufacturer... Uh, while uh, we were very small, they had the ability to make millions and millions of units. Same thing for our suppliers, right? And so if I need, you know, when I say I need 50,000 bottles, they're like, you sure you don't need 50 million, right? And so when you work with those level suppliers, as you start to grow, uh, that's not an issue. And so that's why I always share with entrepreneurs, especially those that are making goods in their kitchen. I'm like, that's great starting off. I, I didn't go that route because I knew ultimately I wanted to scale and scale in a big way. And if I started in my kitchen, it was going to be really tough to transition to that contract manufacturer. But, but ultimately, um, to your point, no, I, I because we position ourselves with suppliers that were much bigger than, than we were at the time, even when we were just infants, uh, we were in our infancy stage, uh, we're, we're well equipped to deliver to re- Oh, that's great. That, what a what a high class problem as I mean, that's amazing. Um, and obviously your focus ahead. You know, with your background in marketing, how has that played in? Has it has, where specifically mm-hmm. have you have you been able to lean into that and say, ah, I, you know, this is something I can do right now because of what I did before? Where's the marketing background helped you here? Uh, across the board. So uh, something that we don't talk about, I think, as entrepreneurs, is really having the business acumen as well as being able to to put on your sales hat. Right? You could be in marketing and make something pretty and have key words, but at the end of the day, when you have literally fifteen minutes to pitch to buyers, you have to know in a very succinct way right. what you're going to say, what you're going to communicate. And, and sell the best that you possibly can. And they literally give you 15 minutes. No one prepares you for that. They're like, got 15 minutes, give us what you got, and, you know. And so I think my marketing experience um, in particular has prepared me for that sales presentation, right? Um, being able to present. And then secondly, knowing what are the sort of value propositions we need to make sure communicate in those tough and very short, limited time periods. Got it. That's so helpful um, as you think about that. And, you know, we all have things we've experienced in the past, and it's interesting to see how they come to life and the new things that we're doing um, in building a brand or a business or, or whatnot. Um, 
I love to ask our guests this question. Uh, you know, you've you've experienced quite a bit here, and it, again, interesting. Um, and giving the bankrupt brand, and then now growing, and I mean, look at where you are, and um, and so much growth in front of you. What does new product development look like, and where are you thinking mm-hmm. of getting into next? Great, great uh, question. So for us, for new product development, it is. And I've been very uh, open with this, especially with partners and suppliers and retailers, is that we aren't just going to develop lines just because it's a new trend or just because you want us to, right? What we do as a brand is we actually take time to listen to to our customers and see what they really need and what they're asking. So for example, when we launched our Itch Calming Serum, the two questions that we would receive is, is this great for hair growth? And is this great for dandruff? So instead of just saying, yeah, it works for everything, right? We (laughs) really wanted that product to stand. And so we actually developed uh, a scalp purifying foam treatment specifically for flakes and product buildup. And then we we ultimately made a restorative growth serum, right, for, for that hair growth product that they were looking for. And ultimately, that was a natural sort of extension from, one, them asking us, but also for our scalp care category. And then ultimately, from there, um, the foam treatment is actually a post-shampoo treatment. So you would just pump three or four times after and put it on your scalp, massage it in and rinse, but it's a post-shampoo treatment. And so customers started asking, well, where's the shampoo and conditioner? <laughs> of course. And so we're like, you know what? That's next. And so for us, it's it's about having that natural progression and making sure there's a real demand for it as opposed to just putting out a line and saying, all right, good luck. Let's see what's, what, what works. And I think sure. as a small nibble brand, that's important for us. Right now, we don't have any investors. We are, we've been boosted from the very beginning and still still maintaining that. And so utilizing those dollars smartly have been, you know, advantageous for us. Got it. I love that. That's a, that's great. Um and a good way to think about it, I think. Um you've you've got some great experiences under your belt. We as you mentioned, a lot of entrepreneurs listening. What advice would you share with them mm-hmm. as some of them are thinking about launching a brand, a product, um, maybe even in this space, right? As as they're thinking of uh, bringing something to life, what what have you learned that you could share with them? Maybe two or three things. Sure. So I, I think the first thing I would share is um, know your industry, and you know you hear people say, "Well, just do it." <laughs> yeah, you can do it. <laughs> When you get to the table with, for example, contract manufacturers, they're going to sniff if you're green or not, right? And so <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that, that is going to be the determinant on what kind of pricing you receive, right? So that if they figure you have no idea what you're doing, instead of uh, you know a unit cost being $2, they may charge you $4.50. And you could say, wait, but the average price is typically X. And so it's important that you really have that research. And I know it's hard when you're starting out, but you ask questions. And that's one of the things that I I pride myself in doing, though I have experience, Justin, I'm not afraid to hop on a call. Just like, as I told you, we're bootstrapped. So I got on a call with the owners of a company called Vogue International, who sold their business to Johnson & Johnson for hundreds of millions of dollars. And so my question to them was, hey, how do you build, you always have inventory needs. How do you build a sustainable business without giving the whole company away? And they actually shared those details with me. Like, hey, here's cool. how we did it, right? And so I was like, okay, great. And so I really want to encourage your listeners to don't be afraid to ask questions. Oftentimes, yes, people are busy and they seem busy, but they will give you 10 to 15 minutes to say, hey, you know, here's the direction I went. That doesn't mean you always follow it, but you at least weigh the options. Um, so that's, and then my third piece of advice is just to stay humble. 
So as you start to grow, as you start to receive success, as you start to receive press, just to remember those beginning days and how hard it was, because as quickly as you can rise, is as quickly as you can fall, right? Or you can fail. And so I am always reminding my team in particular, yes, we got a feature in Forbes. Yes, we just got this new distribution, but let's not keep our eye uh, on on the successes because at the end of the day, this took hard work and there's right. still a long way to go. So be humble throughout the entire process. Have that humility throughout the entire process. That's such great advice. I love it. Um, so great having you on. Uh, yeah, and so much, uh, so much. Um, I'd say stretch and runway for you, the brand and, and the business down the road, you'll have to come back on and share more stories with us. Before we go, though, share with our audience where they can find you, buy your product, etc. Absolutely. So I would love for you all to visit our website at canby.com and that's spelled C-A-N. V-I-I-Y.com. Uh, please follow us on social. So we're on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, on YouTube as well. And be sure to stop by CVS or stop by Ali Beauty Store or JCPenney Beauty and stop and get some Canby products. As, as Justin mentioned, if we don't get people to buy at the end of the day, we <laughs> So true. It's so, so true. Support. Hey, I love this. Cheryl Sampson, Founder and CEO at Canvi. Um, so great having you on and uh, look forward to having you back on down the road. Excited to follow you and see you in Tampa at some point. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>